Tonight at GZM, we're going to continue with our ABC, uh, and tonight we're going to be talking about H, which is honest, being honest. You know, for many years, you know, I was in deception, I was in denial. I didn't realize, you know, how many problems I really had. One, I didn't want to deal with it, so I would make up excuses. You know, I'm not really an alcoholic addict. I don't really have a lust problem. I don't really need to deal with this. You know, and it's not until we come to the understanding that there's an issue in our lives that we can begin to move forward. So first and foremost, we have to, on some level, become honest with ourselves. You know, that I'm powerless over alcohol, drugs, whatever it might be. You know, I have to come into the acknowledgement of, you know, a sober mind, which doesn't necessarily mean free from drugs and alcohol. It means a clear view, you know, and being honest. You know, you know that, that honesty is this thing that many of us have and some of us struggle with that, the deception of the enemy continues to trap us up in. So we we may not realize some of the areas that we're still in deception because deception is partial truth. You know, if it was a bold out lie, that would be easy to recognize that, you know, there is no honesty in it. There is no truth in it. You know, so it's important that we begin to, to realize there's areas in our lives that we struggle in you know, and being honest with our accountability, being honest with the pastor, being honest with the Lord, being honest with ourselves. You know, that it, it's so important for us to begin to move forward. Because if we're not able to be honest with ourselves, we continue to go around and around. You know, that I remember for myself, you know, many years ago, you know, looking myself in the eyes in the mirror and asking myself, are you ready to get sober? You know, and really not knowing entirely what that meant. But I knew that I was in enough pain and I, I was ready to change. You know, and I had to get honest with myself and, and realize that, that there's a lot of work to do to change. You know, and how it works in the big book, it talks that rarely have we seen a, a person fail that has per thoroughly followed our path. But those that do are incapable of being honest with themselves. Now, it doesn't mean that you know, people that have a lying problem can't get sober. Because I don't think that there's ever been anyone in the history of alcohol and drugs that didn't lie at some point. What I believe that that means is that I have to get honest with myself and realize how much of a wretch, how much of a broken person, how much damage is inside of me, how much pain I'm carrying, how much, you know, work needs to take place, you know, and, and you know, how much my past is really affecting me, you know, and there's this element of that I got to get honest with myself, you know, and it's hard to get honest with ourselves when, you know, we hide behind pride and ego. You know, as long as I'm hiding behind pride, the, the mask that I put forward is I'm okay. The mask that I put forward is I'm good. The mask that I put forward is I don't need help. 
the mask that I put forward is I'll figure this out on my own. You know, and being honest with ourselves, on the inside, we're freaking out because none of those things are true. You know, but this world has taught us that it, it it's not safe to be honest. Or Jesus tells us that we should boast in our weakness so that he can be glorified. But how often, you know, does this world promote being honest in the sense that I'm weak, that I'm struggling? You know, we are creating a community here where it's safe to talk about the areas that we struggle in. But it's not safe outside of the context of small groups or the context of GZM or the context of the church. You know, to really go and say, you know, I'm struggling in my purity. You know, if you just walk into some random place and say, hey, I'm struggling with pornography, you know, a lot of people are going to look at you like, whoa, what's wrong with this person? You know, but we're creating a safe environment where we can talk about I have an eating problem, that I have a purity problem, that I'm still struggling with drugs and alcohol, that I have a mental illness, that, you know, I have anger issues, you know. So it's important that we're we're realizing that it, we have to get honest for us to get healthy. You know, and one thing that it's important that we realize is that we got to get honest with Jesus. You know, as long as we're blame shifting, as long as we're, you know, not taking accountable for our own actions, there can be no real repentance. And if I don't repent, then I can't really ask Jesus in. So that, in a sense, is I have to get honest with myself that there's these areas in my life that I can't fix. There's these areas in my life that I am struggling. There's these areas in my life that I am, I am gripped by sin. And I need Jesus to set me free. You know, and until someone comes to the understanding that they can't fix themselves, until they get honest with them, themselves that they can't fix themselves, that Jesus can't come in. Because we always, you know, we may believe in him, but the element of him being our savior other than going to, to, to heaven you know, we, we don't want him to save us from our dysfunctional relationships. We don't want him to save us from our secret sins. We don't want him to save us from areas that we're still finding enjoyment in. We just want to go to heaven. So we want to get a get-out-of-jail-free card. But we don't really want a Lord and Master to come in and mess with the finer things going on inside of us. And we have to get honest that, in the sense that I don't know how to live my life. You know, when I got sober this last time, you know, I've been in and out of program and rehabs and, you know, I've had big book studies at my house and I had sponsees at one point and ended up relapsing. So I understood the program of recovery in a sense, you know, and as long as I was staying real close to, to people in recovery and as long as I was making meetings, you know, I was progressing but to get honest with myself, I still had all this pain on the inside of me that I had no idea how to deal with. Because the God of my understanding at that time, pre-Jesus, didn't have the power to set me free. You know, and I had no ability to change myself. You know, and God was moving in my life because I was praying and I was changing. And the fact that I went from being an atheist to having some sort of belief that, 
You know, it shows that God was moving. But God sometimes lets us go through very, very painful situations so that we can get honest with ourselves into the realization that we need him a whole much, a lot more than we realize that we needed him at first. You know, we can believe in Jesus, but religion will fail us 100% of the time. You know, we can go through the motions of religion. We can go through the motions of some sort of faith or belief system. We can read our Bible on a regular basis. We can go to church. We can get, attend small groups. But life on life's terms shows us real fast where our faith is. Is my faith in Jesus completely or is my faith in my own ability? Is my faith in Jesus or is my faith in my job or faith in a person or faith in my education or faith in fill in the blank? You know, and, and life has a way of coming and shaking those things up and, and teaching us that I need Jesus. You know, and we have to get honest with ourselves in the sense that I need way more Jesus than I think I need. You know, for me, you know, when I got sober this last time, I remember, you know, I had 16 months of sobriety. I was going to college. You know, I was, you know, going to meetings on a regular basis, you know, and I ended up relapsing and I went out for about six weeks. I ended up going back to detox, get out of detox and go back to the rooms because that's kind of what you do when you're trying to get sober. And I remember just thinking, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And it's probably the first sobering, honest thought that I've had in all of my years of recovery because I was always trying to, to, to think that I knew what I was doing. I know everything. I have all the answers. I don't need anyone's help. You know, and, and life has a way of breaking us down to the point where we can't do it. We can't continue to live the way that we're living because we don't have peace. We don't have serenity in our lives. We, we live in this life of chaos. You know, and we have to get honest with the fact that we may understand on some level who Jesus is and we might believe in him. And we may even have some faith in him. But when life happens and, and painful events take place, it shakes us up. You know, and if troubling times can shake our faith, then to be honest with ourselves that we don't really trust Jesus completely, we're still trusting in our own ability. You know, and God has a way of, you know, shaking it up so that we grab completely onto him. Because if we don't grab completely onto him, that any moment things can get taken from us. You know, and it's hard. It's hard to, to have faith. I, you know, but yet it's easy to have faith. You know, for me, it's, it's come down to a, a tiny little prayer. Is I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. You know, when I feel the fear and I feel the anxiety and I, I start to overthink about some thing or some person I trust you Jesus I trust you Jesus I trust you Jesus and I try to put that thing down because I've learned that my ability to control my ability to manipulate is not the way that I want to live you know there was a time in my life that I would consider myself a master manipulator 
And so would my mother. You know, and I don't want to live that way. I don't want to manipulate. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm perfect. It just means that, you know, I try to recognize it quicker and quicker and quicker. You know, because I want to be as healthy of a man as I possibly can be. You know, and I remember, you know, these sobering thoughts, these honest thoughts that started to click into my mind is that all these years in and out, all these years trying to change myself, you know, I'm trying to grasp onto something that's not really there. You know, that I'm trying to get sober. Well, sober is a symptom, just as addiction is a symptom. Sin is a symptom of the heart issue. You know, so then therefore, when my heart begins to change as I seek God, that the byproduct of seeking God is not only a changed life, but the areas that I struggled in begin to change. You know, whether it's drugs and alcohol or relationships or food or sex or porn or money or gambling, that so often we try to stop, abstain from the thing that's hurting us, but we're white-knuckling it. We're, we're doing it in our own strength. And then eventually, it doesn't matter if you have 16 months, it doesn't matter if you've had years of abstinence from said thing, that when life happens, and life will happen, and things get stirred up, we reach back to our coping mechanisms. And if Jesus isn't solely in that position of Lord and Savior, we tend to gravitate to our coping mechanisms, whether it's drugs, alcohol, people, money, fill in the blank. You know, so it's so important that we, we get honest with ourselves and realize that if I keep living the way that I'm living, then everything begins to fall apart. So instead of trying to get sober, God began to show me that it, sobriety is a byproduct of seeking me, Tom. That I, I've set the bar far too low. Like I'm trying to get free from drugs and alcohol. I'm trying to get free from porn. I'm trying to get free from gambling. I'm trying to get free from food. And as much effort as I try, it doesn't work. How many of us have tried a diet? Most of us. How well does it work? It doesn't. Why? Because other food tastes way better. <laughs> so why can't they make diet food that tastes good? Because that wouldn't be a diet. So as I try to resist myself, by myself, I fail myself. But when I seek God and I ask him to change the inside of me, heal the inside of me, the byproduct of a healthier person is I don't need drugs and alcohol and dysfunctional relationships, sex and porn and food and gambling. You know, and it's, you know, it seems that simple, but it's a process. I need God to come into the inner working, inner workings of who I am to these broken areas in my heart and in my mind and begin to sort through these things as I turn these things over to him and realizing that as long as I continue to stuff it and, and suppress it and try to control it, at any given minute, you know, life happens and I reach back to the wrong coping mechanism and this pain begins to surface. So I use more unhealthy coping mechanisms to stuff all the pain back down. So when I get honest with myself and saying, I can't live this way, 
I don't want my identity to be in the fact that I was rejected or abandoned or abused. I don't want my identity to be in the fact that I can't get sober. I don't want my identity to be in the fact that, you know, I continue to struggle in this area or that area. I want my identity to be in Christ. And for my identity to be completely in Christ, I have to get honest with myself and saying, I don't know how to live. Jesus, I'm ready to follow you. And so often we, we like the idea of believing in Jesus, but truly following Jesus and denying ourselves, we have a hard time with. And that's why we need more Jesus. Because truly denying ourselves is a, a full-time job. You know, that you know, we turn our will over. It's not a one-time event. You know, it could have turned your will over a hundred times today or more. Depends on how bad you're struggling. Depends on what's going on in the inside of you. Depends if you're being honest about what's going on in the inside of you. So often we're not honest about what's going on in the inside of us and we're not turning our will over and we're wrestling with it. And eventually all it takes is too much of that pressure and we, we say, screw it, I'm going to give in. And then the condemnation and the shame and everything that, that flows with it. And we're like, why did I do that again? Well, it starts with the fact that I wasn't being honest with myself that I needed to reach out to a brother or sister or accountability partner that I, I didn't admit what I'm, I'm not being honest with what's really going on on the inside of me, you know, and I'm not coming before the Lord and asking him to, to show me what the roots are, to, to set me free, to turn these things over. I'm not, you know, and there's an element of, of you know, the warfare that I do in the natural, and then there's a an element of the warfare that I have to do in the supernatural. And then there's just the practical. Get away from whatever's tempting me. You know, and get around people that are going in the same direction. You know, if I'm struggling with alcohol and I'm going to the bar, most likely I'm going to fall on my face. You know, if I'm struggling with lust and I'm going to hang out with, you know, my friend, most likely I'm going to fall into friendly relationships. You know, if I'm struggling with, you know, some other area, you know, I have to distance myself from that thing. You know, and I've learned that it's not how close I can get to the temptation and deal with the fire of being tempted. It's distancing myself from the temptation and fighting that thing from the distance. You know, and I have to get honest with myself in the sense that I'm weak. You know, and when I get honest with myself in the sense that I'm weak, that Jesus can become strong in my life. That if I'm constantly saying, you know, I got this, that it puts Jesus in the background saying, anytime you're ready, I'll begin to help you. And we, we, we try to like tag team with Jesus in a sense, like tag, I'll let you in, Jesus. So, you know, all right, I'll take control again. You know, I got this. And then, oh, oh, I'm in trouble, Jesus, it's your turn. You know, and we we struggle with with being honest with ourselves in the sense that we need to let Him guide us all the time. You know, as I've been reading through my Bible this year, you know, there's been you know over and over and over again. You know, it's obedience brings promise, and disobedience brings pain and curse. You know, right from the get-go, right as you start reading through Genesis, you know, it's obedience brings promise and disobedience brings curse. You know, and as I've been going through the Bible, 
for whatever reason, Jesus is really paying my, you know, getting my attention in the sense of time. It's time to be obedient in some of these areas that, oh yeah, I'll get to it later, Jesus. You know, and as I am continuing to, to practice obedience in certain areas, he begins to guide me and give me the breakthroughs that I've been praying for for years. But I've been praying for these breakthroughs and being in active rebellion from what he's been asking me to do. So it's like, Jesus, you do this, or Jesus, you know, do that, or Jesus, change this. And it's like, all right, you do this. And they're like, no, I don't want to do that. And we don't openly say, no, I don't want to do that. We just actively don't do it. You know, you know, we need to get honest with ourselves that how can I follow God and still be disobedient to what he's asking me to do? You know, and some of us are like, I don't know what he's asking me to do. One thing that I've learned is that I always know when I'm doing the wrong thing. Call it a conscience. Call it the Holy Spirit. Call it little butterflies in your stomach. Call it whatever you want to call it. I always know when I'm about to do the wrong thing, I am doing the wrong thing, and I have done the wrong thing. You know, God is faithful that he's wired us that way. You know, so if I'm constantly doing the wrong thing and wondering why I'm not gaining freedom, I have to get honest with myself because I know the answer to that. Well, I don't want to stop doing it. Well, then you have your answer. You know, I remember many years ago when God really started dealing with me with a food issue, I got excessively angry. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. You know, you've taken drugs away, you've taken alcohol away, you've taken sex away, you've taken masturbation away, you've taken porn away, you've taken this away. You know, food is my last thing. Why you got to take that too? Ah! And all Jesus says, okay, have that. And then being miserable, being overweight, being sick to myself, to eating myself to a place that I'm sick to my stomach, watching the scale go higher and higher as I step on to the point where I stepped on the scale and I was above 300 pounds. And it's like, I don't want to live this way anymore. And I spent years going down the scale, up the scale, down the scale, up the scale. You know, I mean, there's been many years now, like four now, that I've been really trying to fight this thing, that I'll lose 60 pounds and gain 60, that 60 back within the course of a year. You know, and it's when I'm doing the right thing, when I'm eating right, when I'm going to the gym, when I'm watching, you know, certain things and staying away from things and trying to have healthier portions, the weight just begins to come off. The second I stop doing that, it comes back real fast. And I get, there's this little thing in my, my flesh that says, oh, why can't I just eat like those skinny guys? <laughs> and I pray, God, change my metabolism. And, I'm, and he's like, I'm teaching you how to be obedient. I'm teaching you discipline. And one day you'll thank me for this. But I'm not thanking you right now. This sucks. I hate this. I don't want to do this. He's like, okay, don't. Uh, and I got to get honest with myself in the sense that God knows better than I do. That he wants to guide me to a better life. 
I don't want to be overweight. I don't want to be stuck in porn. I don't want to continue to, to, to gravitate to broken relationships. I don't want to continue to struggle in my money. I don't want fill in the blank. But yet when God says do it this way, we're like, I don't want that either. I'm struggling with, you know, my thoughts right now. Go tell somebody. I don't want to. And it's like I almost hear the Holy Spirit say, okay, good luck with that. Like, ah. You know, many of you guys hear these answers come out of my mouth, and it's literally what the Holy Spirit does with me on a regular basis. So it's like I'm just passing on the free gift. <laughs> How's that working for you? It's not! Well, then change it. No! You know, it's like, ah! You know, we're stuck in this place of this battle of will and flesh and spirit. What's going to win? If I do it my way, what am I going to get? Pleasure for an evening? You know, the Bible says that, you know, pleasure, you know, sin is pleasurable overnight. It withers like grass in the sun. But righteousness is like a cedar of Lebanon that takes years to grow. You know, I want to be a man of righteousness. And part of that righteousness is not righteousness in me. It's being honest with myself and saying, I need to do it Jesus' way. I have to stop trying to force religiousness or force recovery and say, I'm ready to be obedient. And Jesus says, do it this way. And the first thing that goes on in my head is like, that's not going to work. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's not going to work. How's your way working for you? It's not. Okay, try my way. It's not going to work. I'm like, okay. It's not up to us to figure it all out. It's up to us to be obedient to the one who knows. And we need to get honest with ourselves in the sense that I don't know what God knows. But so often I'm trying to play God in my own life. And I'm failing miserably. And I'm pissed off at God for it. Am I the only one? So the truth is, I have to stop playing God and put God in God's position of my Lord and my Master. And say, I'm ready to be your humble servant and I'm ready to follow you because leading myself, I am doing a horrible job. And the problem is, is that I get a little bit of Jesus and I'm like, okay, I'm figuring this out. I can do it my own way for a minute. And then, crash. Like, why didn't that work? He's like, um, I'm over here. Like, yeah, but I wanted to go this way. And he's like, I don't really care. God wants to manifest His will in our lives and use us for great things. We want what we want, which is petty little things. You know, and we can try to mask it with holiness and righteousness. And I want to do great things for you, God. He's like, that's great. Now do it my way. No, no, I want to do great things for you, but really do it my way. He's like, I don't think that's how that's supposed to work. Well, it could work this time because you're God and you want to bless me, right? Because you love me. And we use all these manipulative spiritual stuff. And in the end, of it, it's just me being me. I've just used this new language of Christianese to, to somehow make it sound all holy. And I have to get honest with myself is that 
being a Christian is not really what the end goal is. Being a submitted son, a follower of Christ, a follower of the way, doing it his way, being obedient, is the end goal. Manifesting his kingdom here on earth. That he has great things for each and every one of us. But yet, it says that he gives you know little to us. And are we going to be faithful with it? Because if we're not faithful with little, how can we handle much? And sometimes he drops these little things in our laps and we're like, yeah, I don't want to do that. He's like, yep, not ready for bigger things. You know, many years ago we were studying, you know, the word and, you know, and believing in miracles, signs and wonders. You know, and we were studying certain teachers that, you know, taught the word and, you know, there's evidence in their ministries that, you know, crazy things are taking place. And and, and I remember it as we were studying this stuff, the Holy Spirit says, you're not ready for that. Like, come on, your word says, yeah, I know my word says. But my also my word says this. Well, I don't want to do that. I just want this cool stuff to happen. You know, and the truth is that he wanted obedience and discipline. He wanted my character to change before he was willing to, to do other things. And so often we don't want to work on our character. We just want the end result. You know, we don't want to go through the process. We don't want to go through the valleys. We just want to hop from glory to glory. You know, for me, in my walk, there's been a lot of work. You know, and I believe that, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous and and even being a ministry leader of Celebrate Recovery have taught me the practical disciplines of ministry and how to walk out my relationship with Jesus as I give it away to other people. And I've had many people come alongside of me wanting spiritual gifts and prophesying this and doing that. And a lot of them aren't here today. I've buried a couple of them. One of my best friends is in prison right now. One of my other best friends, I buried him a little over a year ago. You know, and in the midst of that, all I can say is all I've ever really tried to do is be obedient to the best of my ability. There's been a million times I wanted to run away. And I say that, and I don't think you guys really understand the gravity of I mean literally a million times. There's been days that I have said over and over, this is my last day. I'm not doing this anymore. I don't want to do ministry anymore. I'm sick of this. And the Holy Spirit always comes in and says, do you trust me? And I always say yes, even though everything in my heart and in my life at the moment is saying no. And I say yes, and he says, sit still. And it pisses me off every time I hear it. Because the last thing I want to do is sit still. I want to run. I want to get ahead. I want to do something. But I have to go back to my initial statement when I got sober. And that's, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea how to do this. 
And the truth be told, I've been sober and saved over a decade now. And there's days that I, I'm praying to Jesus. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. He's like, you're in a good spot. Because the second we think we know what we're doing, we're putting ourselves in jeopardy. Because that's when I click into my own understanding and my relationship with him begins to decrease little by little. And the more I do it my way and my understanding begins to raise up, pride comes before the fall. Every day we need Jesus in our lives. And we need to really get honest with ourselves that there's never going to be a day that that's not true. There's never going to be a day that I wake up that I don't need Jesus to guide me through my day. There's never going to be a day that I can hit autopilot or I can hit cruise control and say, I have enough Jesus yesterday to get me through this day. Because that's the day I'm heading in the wrong direction. And we need to get honest with ourselves and understand that I'm still a broken wretch saved by grace. And that my righteousness on any level is all him and not of me. Because in a moment, I can choose to be a wretched sinner that fast. And it's like, how did that happen? How did that happen so fast? I was reading my Bible and I was praying and I've been doing all these things. And all of a sudden, boom, it's gone. How? It took my will back. It's that fast. It's literally that fast. And we stand there in awe and like, how did that happen? It's because at some level, we clicked in and said, I could afford sin again. I can allow this thought to fester. I can allow this thinking pattern. I can allow this text message. I can allow this web search. I can allow, and next thing you know, how did I get here again? We know how we get, got there again, but we got to get honest with ourselves in the sense that I chose my will over his. And let me be very clear, there's never a day that we're going to be perfect. There's never a day that we're not going to sin. But the more we practice these principles in all our affairs, and we surrender ourselves to Jesus on a regular basis, we begin to gain such momentum in Christ that sin is not appealing to us. But we have to get honest in the sense that sin is still appealing. If sin was not appealing, we wouldn't struggle with it. There would be no temptation. And it's being honest that I need Jesus to guard me and guide me through my day, through my life, all the time. You know, honesty is such an important piece to our puzzle. And sometimes we don't even know that we're fooling ourselves. And we don't even realize how far we've traveled in just a short amount of time when the center of our thinking became ourselves and our wants and our needs and not Jesus and what he's asking us to do. And all of a sudden, within a moment, disobedience begins to creep up and sin takes root. And we just have to constantly be asking him in it. And there's going to be days that it feels like you're in constant warfare. There's going to be days that it feels like your flesh is on fire. But Jesus is always faithful. Jesus is always right there. 
There's going to be days that it doesn't feel like he's paying attention. It doesn't feel like he's got your best interest in mind. And we have to go back to our word, which is absolutely true, and get honest with ourselves and trust his word over our emotions and our feelings. Because our feelings lie to us on a regular basis. And we got to get honest. I cannot trust myself sometimes. And I have to trust in his word and his spirit. And really ask myself, what's God telling me to do right now? Go tell on myself. Go spend time in my word. Turn off the TV. Stay away from that person. Don't send that text message. You know, you shouldn't go do that. Or you should start doing this. You know, go pray for that person. You know, it's not always about us. Sometimes he sends us to go help somebody else. And then all, lo and behold, our temptation begins to fizzle away because we're giving away what we have. But when we get so focused on ourselves and our temptation, it seems like I can't get away from it. You know, it's about seeking God in everything that we do. Knowing that we can't be perfect, knowing that we won't be perfect, but yet truly desiring a deeper, intimate relationship with the Lord. And Jesus is always right here all the time. He loves us that much. There's never a time that he's going to not love us. There's never a time that he's going to forsake us. There's never a time that he's going to abandon us. We might go through some very difficult things and dark times. And it's like, God, where are you right now? And even if we don't hear him say, I'm right here, I love you, we have to trust in his word that says, I'm right here and I love you. And we need to get honest with ourselves that if I trust my feelings right now, I'm going to end up in a very difficult place. And it's so important that we keep ourselves in check. That we keep ourselves plugged in. That we have our accountability. That we have our three. That we have people around us that at any given moment I can send a text or I can say, hey, can you talk? And, and we can get prayer if we need it. Because we shouldn't be trying to do this alone. We shouldn't have to try to do this alone. And technically, we can't do this alone. We need our brothers. We need our sisters. We need the body of Christ to be around us. In times of trials and in times of celebration. Because people fall when celebrating too. They get the great victories, things they've been praying for. And the next thing you know, they're falling on their face. How did that happen? I just encourage you this evening, you know, spend some time with the Lord. And just ask Him to, to help you to be honest with yourself. And I just encourage you to trust Him. Can you bow your heads with me? Lord, I thank you so much. I thank you for all that you're doing. Lord, that you, you never fail us. You never let us down. We may not understand but your ways always work out. You're faithful. You're loving. You're kind. You're gentle. doesn't always mean you're safe. Your will and your way contradicts our will. But Lord, your way is so much better. But I pray that you help us to get honest with ourselves in, in the sense that what is it that we really want?
And Lord, help us to surrender ourselves before you again and say, I'm ready to do it your way. Knowing that in a moment or in a day, I might take my will back, but it's getting honest with myself and saying, I have this struggle, Lord, and I need you. Lord, I pray that you move into our minds right now, helping to break free of any deception, any any denial that we might be in. I ask that you pull down this stronghold right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. And I pray that you bring your truth. You bring your joy and your love and your peace by the Holy Spirit. Lord, I ask that you renew our minds and heal our hearts. Helping us to grow in our relationship with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen.